Discussing a movie called. <laughs> this is really uncomfortable. I have espresso up my nose. Uh, uh, what? Really up my nose. <laughs> uh, we'll be oh, discussing a, a movie called uh, Stone, directed by John Curran, uh, starring Edward Norton, Robert De Niro, and Mila Jovovich. You've probably never heard of it. Uh, so we're going to spoil it for you. Uh, Kelly Wand, why don't you. Uh, oh, no, I should point out that I am joined by uh, Christian. More, uh, is it Moralski? I think. Ew. Christian Moralski. How are you tonight, Christian Moralski? I prefer Gerald. That's what my people call me. <laughs> uh, and also Kelly Wand. I was going to jump right to you, Kelly Wand, because I'm one of the things I've been really looking forward to ever since the credits for Stone rolled. There's actually two things I've been looking forward to. One is your tagline, and the other is your synopsis. So, what would your tagline for Stone be? The tagline is, if there is reincarnation, I'd like to come back as Mila Jovovich's eggs. It's long for a tagline, but I can see if you use a small font, I think it could fit on the poster. Uh, the good. synopsis is really long. Good. Only the, only the healthy part of her eggs, though, right? <laughs> no. Eat it care. all. Eat the whole No, part. I want her dirty parts. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Uh, Kelly Wan. Speaking of dirty parts, why don't you give us a synopsis? Give us just the soup to nuts, as it were. What happens in this movie, Stone? Oh, you mean a stone-opsis? Exactly. See what I did there? It was a stopsis. That's kind of what the movie does. Spoiler alert. Okay, here comes the stone-opsis. You ready? Rock and roll. Uh, okay, so the old dude from Meet the Fockers plays this parole guy who watches golf and listens to Striper on his way to work. And uh, he got his wife to stay with him while he was watching golf by uh, threatening to throw their daughter out the window and buying her this jigsaw puzzle, even though she's not good at them. Although she's really good at killing flies. And uh, Bruce Banner's this dude with cornrows named Stone, who's been in prison for eight years for cremating his dead grandparents which is a felony in that state. And he has a hot wife named Mrs. Jovovich, but she prefers to be called Lucetta. And she has nipples like pencil erasers. And instead of sneaking him a file and a cake so he can escape, she sneaks him in no underwear as a surprise. But he doesn't want to get a ticket because banging your wife on a conjugal visit in this state is a misdemeanor. So Mrs. Jovovich starts stalking Fokker, and she seduces him with eggs and magnets, so she'll help Bruce Banner get out of the clink so that he won't be able to sleep with her anymore. That's his motivation to do it. But meanwhile, Bruce Banner reads some junk mail and sees a dead man's eyes, and he learns a mantra called Who, so he becomes enlightened. And Fokker golfs in a cornfield because the magnets of Mrs. Jovovich's eggs have improved his swing. But he gets annoyed by Banner's serenity. 
and he tries to not put in a good word for him at the hearing, but his boss tells him that the parole board won't listen to him because the hearing's in an hour. So Bruce Banner goes free, and God burns Fokker's house down using some rags in the basement that God made Fokker place there one time. But Fokker blames Banner for God, so he tracks him down with a gun in an alley, but he's just bluffing because it's not a Scorsese movie. <laughs> and Mrs. Fokker uh, finally leaves Mr. Fokker because their daughter's moved out and her puzzle's burnt up. And Banner dumps Mrs. Jovovich because only unenlightened people would want to sleep with Mila Jovovich. So he trades up by calling a Christian radio station to explain Buddhist reincarnation to them. And uh, Fokker's a dick to his replacement after she spurns his romantic oldness. So he trades up with a housefly that for his sins he'll be reincarnated as. The end. Very good, Kelly Wand. That's, uh, <sighs> was that exhausting? Uh, for the listeners. <laughs> I Especially if they haven't seen the movie. I have a suspicion that you don't see the movie and none of that makes sense. And then after they see it, it doesn't make sense. That's actually yes. a pretty faithful synopsis, though. I mean, what if you haven't seen the movie, and I know a lot of people listening to this will not have seen the movie and aren't going to bother seeing the movie, all that's pretty much on the money. Except for the fly. It's a B. It's a B. And I don't think it was a conjugal visit. That's something that you probably oh. want to look up the word conjugal when you get a chance. Uh, what? It's like dirty. It's a dirty word. You'd, you'd enjoy it. <laughs> well, when I had them, I could. <laughs> uh, she was just being bitchy, I think, because she was in... Never mind. So, uh, did you like it, Kelly Wand? Um, Actually, you I know what? Like I... Before what? you say whether you liked it, I want you to predict whether or not Bingus and I liked it, and then say whether you liked it. Uh, I predict you didn't like it, but Dingus liked it. Okay. No, no, Dingus didn't like it, but you liked it. Okay. And what's, now, what about you? Um, I felt like I shouldn't like it, but it seemed, it wound up uh, making me laugh in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I did like it. What? Plus, there's some nudity in it. Uh, yes, yes, there is some nudity. Uh, what did you laugh at? When you say laugh, the like... A, uh, okay, okay. But I don't know if we want to get to the ending yet, because usually we go through the movie act by act, like screenwriters. <laughs> <laughs> All right, save that about the ending. Uh, Dingus, was he correct? Kelly Wand. Um, I can't say... Well, he gave two answers. <laughs> Which I should so, well, which which of his? But they might both be wrong. If neither of you like that, I'm wrong. So there are four possible outcomes. If I've done right. my math right, Kelly Wan guessed two of them. <laughs> Dingus, you actually don't have enough information to know whether or not he's right. Or he, he doesn't have enough information to know if he's right. Right. Yeah. We nobody. Yeah. We're still flying blind here. Uh, so Dingus, lay some cards on the table. It's your turn. Uh, I'm yeah. Say mass this. roaches. The uh, I'm going to say that half of the second part of the <laughs> equation that Kelly Wand offered is correct. Half. The Tom part? Because obviously you don't know what you think about it, so you're pretty, you're, you're pretty sure about Tom. That's a good point. I don't have enough information to assess how I feel about it yet. Right. Okay. All right, well, I'm going to... Go ahead. I'm going to just go ahead and say that... Um, 
Of the movies that have bees at the end, this is my least favorite of those this year. That's a bee? I think or a letter B. It's a loud it's a loud B at the very end. I mean it's a B. B at the beginning. The very beginning features some serious cruelty to bees and children. Uh, and and also Edward Norton talks about the sound of a bee. I mean there it's very clear that this is uh, the sound of a bee. It's one of those things, one of the examples of the sounds that you hear in Zarathustra or Zangabongo or whatever that is. The the Scientology racist. religion the sound of a bee. And so right. the sound of the bee is important. And you you do have a moth at one point, but I think I think that at the end it is sound of the bee. But but I I far prefer another movie that has an important important bee moment at the end. Would that be case 39? Bradley Cooper is killed by bees. Uh spoiler alert, no, that would not be case 39. <laughs> okay. Uh all right, so you did not like the this from Hive. You did not like this as much as Don McKay. Did you like it as much as, say, I don't know, The Losers? <laughs> wow. Um, well, if we're judging it against The Losers, I would have to say I liked it more than The Losers. Wow, okay. I wow, really likes this movie. See if you guys can figure what I thought of this movie from that. I've come up with some alternate titles for this. You ready? I, here's, what the, here's some things that I think it should have been called. One of which, by the way, Stalking Flocker. I like that, Kelly Wong, your synopsis. <laughs> that would be one. Uh, uh, how about the Blah Shank Redemption? Ah, good. You like that? I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, this is a, a real obscure title. This one, uh, you would have to have seen John Curran's last movie to understand this one. But I would also con- propose this title for Stone. We've lived here for over 40 years. <laughs> Pretty obscure. How about uh, John, Baker? John Kern's last movie was We Don't Live Here Anymore. Uh, okay, and here's my favorite alternate title. Here's what I think this movie should have been called. A Serious Episcopalian Man. <laughs> you know, I tried to play with that a little bit, but that's, that's nice. I'm Episcopalian. I don't know what that is. Uh, actually, I, the line was, well, I wouldn't know about that. I'm Episcopalian. I'm Episcopalian, yeah. Notice that. yeah. Uh, and, and this doesn't eat shellfish? Ah, uh, those are Jews, Kelly Wand. And that, I do that selfish, actually, uh, but I do not mix fabrics. That that highlights for me. I think it is watching Jews wrestle with existential dilemmas is far more interesting, I think, than watching Episcopalians. This, this movie, it's That's like because Jews are better writers. It's like the difference between reading Philip Roth or John Irving. I, I think actually, I don't know yeah. if John Irving is an Episcopalian, but he's certainly Protestant. Uh, yeah. this, Take that. This, thing, this whole thing struck me as a really tedious, Protestant midlife existential dilemma crisis kind of a movie. And I just, I, just tedious is the word that comes to mind for, for this thing. I, good Lord, I didn't care for this at all. Yeah, tedious, tedious is the perfect word. Yeah. You, you nailed it with tedious. So it, it, it's, the serious man comparison just kept coming up. And then the thing about like the, a serious man hinged on changing a student's grade. You know, that was the big moral decision. And it was fascinating, you know, that watching that work its way through the movie and the, the decisions that the protagonist makes, it was just fascinating. This movie hinges on having sex with Mila Jovovich, and still it is <laughs> tedious and dull. And good Lord, that's quite yeah. an accomplishment. Uh yeah, and still you don't even buy for me anyway. You don't even buy the premise that you get there. Oh, that I you kept get to the sex. I mean the the premise that you you just don't buy a thing about it. And most egregiously, and I, I'm sure we'll get to casting. You don't buy the the guy who gets there. I mean, Robert De Niro. 
Yeah, he's... Uh, I kept thinking, I kept... How stupid is this guy? Is it what I kept thinking about the character? But yeah, Robert De Niro's an actor, too. Well, when okay, was let, the last time he was in anything good? Machete. He's had the worst... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Night run. But that was a long time ago. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's, this was just phoning it in. He was just so... None of the, uh, none of the actors, actually. I, I mean, Mila Jovovich like at Norton. least was, was animated, but I, yeah, didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I wouldn't say she was good. I, didn't, I mean, she, she was okay, but the, the thing with me is none of these actors seem to connect with each other, uh, and that, that's just huge, that, especially for what the movie was trying to do. There was no connection between any pairs of actors, and I love Frances Conroy, by the way, but she yeah. just was kind of left... Alone, like and the winds. Yeah. Uh, so, just four. I, I think really good actors, actors who are capable of really good stuff. None of whom was able to connect with each other, uh, and it just killed it for me. And not not only with each other, but with their part. I mean, I, I didn't think you know. For all you know, Kelly, you just said you liked Norton. Um, I did. And I really, I love him uh, in a lot of things, and I and I watched him in something this week that really sort of opened my eyes to something I'd missed about him before. Um, but in this, while I liked a couple of his, or some of his line readings and what he was going for, it always felt like he was playing at something. It never felt like he was connecting with something or that it was really a real character. And I never felt like that with any of them. And then, Kelly, what I need you to explain, because I, for me, watching Edward Norton was very much like a stunt performance. Right. Uh, and he did that also. I hope this isn't what you're talking about, Dingus, but in an, another movie that just came out called Leaves of Grass, where he plays twins, one of whom is uh, just a straight, uh, upstanding, normal guy, and the other is this backwoods, drug-dealing hick. And again, it's, it's, stunt, it's a stunt performance, where it's all in an accent and a hairstyle and an affectation. Uh, and it just didn't work for me in, in, in this. It, it was interesting to watch at times, but but, but it worked for you, Kelly Wan. You did like what Edward Norton was doing? Wait, so it's a twin and a stunt double? No, he plays both twins in Leaves of oh. Grass. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's uh, it's it's presumably a comedy, but it's one it's very unfunny. Uh, but it's the same thing. Where all grass blades are twins because they all look the same. Is that what they're saying? Uh, I think it has to, it's a, it's a reference to, uh, is it Walt Whitman? Not Whit Stillman. Uh, it's a reference to Walt, uh, Walt Whitman. It's a reference to a Whit Stillman poem. <laughs> he plays both Walt and Whitman. <laughs> uh, so, but Kelly Wan, go ahead, defend Edward Norton. You, you enjoyed what he was doing, I, I take it? I liked him, it was kind of like Iron Man. I liked him when he was, before he was redeemed, and then he gets boring. But it's in that first, in those first scenes where he and De Niro are kind of annoying each other, and he's talking all street. Mm-hmm. I was. I didn't think I. I think it was some. I was like excited about the movie. Like, oh, this will get good. There's some. There's going to be a lot of people uh, dying and fucking. <laughs> and then and, only one uh, of those two things happens. Only one of them happened. The one. Yeah. You didn't. They didn't show much of that. I'm a little sad. But I mean, Norton's more alive than anyone else in the movie, and it's about him, and it's about his mystical awakening. So. He's the only thing that was interesting to me that was going on. Do you really think it's about him? Because I would take issue with that. You, you don't think the movie is more about Robert De Niro? Well, it's their contrast. It's like Martin Chuzzlewit, Tom. You know that minor Dickens? <laughs> You've been on really a... about Martin Chuzzlewit. I know. I've been totally Dickens binging. Yeah. Um, well, but, if it's uh, not about him, Tom, then what, what does the, uh, the title mean? Uh, the title from the trailer means something about there's nothing etched in stone. 
Nobody can change. You start as a stone and you reincarnate. (laughs) Well, that's what's weird, though. It's like you can't reincarnate from a stone because a stone doesn't die. So I don't really understand that analogy entirely. Because stones are immortal. They got an edge on us. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I didn't... I, I. couldn't care less what the title. Well, that's not entirely true. I'm, I'm being flipped. <laughs> I, I like my titles that I thought up better. But uh, uh, I mean, you could see it's like Kelly Wan mentioned the whole little speech about you know you start out as a stone. Um, you know that's his name. Uh, I think stones are featured in various scenes, if I'm not mistaken. It's not even his name is the thing. He just calls himself that for no reason. Right. His name is Mr. Kusich or something. Isn't, Isn't it Creasy? Kreisnich. Kreisnich. I think it's Creasy. Why would his name just be Stone? And then you have that. I don't understand why you complexify your own. I'm sure that in the an earlier draft of the script, it all made sense. Could have cast Emma Stone as the Milajovo Ah, very good. Dingus, why is it named Stone? And really fucked with us. Well, Edward Norton plays the titular character. I mean, that's why he's named Stone. <laughs> okay. And then oh. and then they try to, to goof around with the Zarathustra religion and say, you know, we start as stone and then move on to butterflies and then to corn and then to pepper shakers or whoever who who the hell knows. Uh, I think it's just a a cool weighty title that they threw up there. Right. I, I think that a lot of this movie is that. I, I as I watched it and. And uh, this is a director I I really, really love. I love this guy as a director. He didn't write this, but I love him as a writer. And so I really went into this with high hopes. And and what it felt like to me was something that got completely out of his hands. Was and I'm I'm happy to blame uh, Robert De Niro for this. And Edward Norton. Like I, I imagine Norton's a pretty strong personality to work with. Well, I'm sure he is, but they worked together to great success. Oh, God, you're right. Good point. And the, uh, the painted veil. Uh, go ahead and explain, Dingus. Well, that's what I was referring to before in the painted veil, which uh, which was a film that I didn't get the first time I saw it, and you know, you and I went back and forth on that, and uh, and I watched it again this week because I wanted to sort of brush up on my John Curran this week, and um, it it's just a fantastic incredibly beautiful film with a, a, an amazing performance by Edward Norton that that really works. It's not a stunt performance. He's mm-hmm. you know even if he's doing a, an accent that maybe isn't completely comfortable for him um, is a is an incredible for performance. And so so he worked with this guy before and then here it just feels like somebody somebody just got in the way and gummed up the works i don't know what happened and and given that that didn't happen with edward norton before i'm willing to lay that at De Niro's feet i i don't know who else to lay it it just feels like it just just got unfocused it lacks power it just flew around i i think part of it is the script i'm gonna say i mean the the script is written by a fellow named uh no i jotted this down some uh, angus mclaughlin i want to say and he also wrote uh it's the same guy who wrote uh june bug which i never saw i never saw either i don't think it's pretty good because of the writing though it's it's, okay. it's good because of amy adams performance I mean that's why that's why you see Junebug because right. it's it's sort of a revelatory performance. But I don't remember that the writing was was all that. Uh, it might be, but I, that's not what I remember about it. But I, I yeah. I, so I I, have a, I I think the problem is the the script. And I mean I and De Niro. I mean there's nothing there. There's no connection. I wasn't that crazy about 
any other performances. I mean, I, I didn't even really get a sense watching the movie for John Curran's hand in there, especially considering, you, you know, how uh, how well-directed praise Painted Veil and We Don't Live Here Anymore are, and, and how well the performances he gets from actors and how much he can capture of an actor's performance. I mean, he seems very astute at that in, in those three movies. Uh, and I just got no sense of that here. And by the way, it's interesting to note, I mean, the Painted Veil is also about struggling with faith in the context of adultery. Uh, you know, there, there's there's some of those same themes there. Um, so I could see in a way why he might be attracted to the script, but I just don't see his hand in it very much. I always get bored when people struggle with their faith. So. Did you get bored in A Serious Man? No. No, but there's a lot more going on in that movie. But that's and exactly... That movie, Go ahead. Well, that movie kind of takes place in a universe where it's all true. You know what I mean? It's like a, like there seems like he is Job and there is a god and the hurricane represents that. So it's like a, it's a mythological tale like the opening sequence with the... What's the zombie guy called? What's the term? The Dybbuk... But in this, it's just, um, this was more like Lost, because you start out, it's about kind of about real people, and I kind of liked the opening scenes more than you did. Did you, uh, then, did you like The Exorcist, Kelly Wand? The movie? Yeah. Or the actual guy? <laughs> <laughs> the struggle with fate. I mean, you can make Father struggles, Mary. you can make struggles with fate into No, 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 about adultery. Oh, well, yeah, okay. Um... I, I, but that's, you see, again, that's a loaded question, because The Exorcist, it has a lot of other things going on. It's not just about a dude in a room losing his faith. Well, but it depends on what else right. is you're, you're just, I, just, I just have to take issue with your blanket statement there, because I think struggles of faith are fascinating subject matter for plays, books, movies, whatever. I, I don't, I, I, All right, you I, name I, the only two where they're really good. <laughs> well, give me time, and I'll think of more. Over the course of the podcast, I'll, I'll pepper mention of... Uh, Good struggles of faith in movies. Uh, three by three. There's a lot of crappy ones, like Exorcist too. Well, the you know, right? The, uh, well, what about uh, Agnes of God? What about uh, what about a that runner movie with De Niro? Uh, De Niro and Jeremy Irons, The Mission. The Mission. The Mission. Yeah, that, exactly. That movie's not good. Yes, it is. What? No, it's, you don't like The Mission, do you? It's, what are you talking you about? Is that on your three no. by three for this week, Kelly Wan? The Mission. It's gonna be now that you, <laughs> it gets going. That movie's horrible. You guys like that? <laughs> How dare you like the Mission? <laughs> That's my ace in the hole. Mm. I've won the argument. With the mission. All right. Well, never mind. We'll I don't want to see your hole. <laughs> I think I, you know. You know, Tom, I think that the one place you can see John Curran's hand, uh-huh. um, and this is more of an editing thing, is is that is the is the attempt to bleed in the radio stuff and the and the attempt to mess around with the audio, um, because I think you see that in some in in some ways in little ways in in a couple of his other films, that that use of of the of the uh, of Jesus Radio in this film as a transitional device and just sort of as as something that's going on that is commenting on what's going on in the characters. Uh, I think that that's where you see some of what he's where he's trying to reclaim the film because I, I really think that and I, I'd be really interested to hear what happened on this but but I think that anything that's good about this film is him trying to reclaim it because I, I don't know what happened ah, right. because 
because when you look at the other things he's directed, the, this sort of unfocused lack of power and, and, as you said, lack of ability to really focus on on what's going on in an actor's performance and what's going on in the relationships is startling when you see what he's done in those other films as yeah. a director. Yeah. Uh, I, didn't, I have to say, things. I didn't like the radio voiceover because it always seemed so pat and convenient and... You know, a lot of the the Christianity stuff in this just felt really tacked on. I don't know about tacked on, but just trite, just really trite. Um, yeah. And and I don't. And, and again, I keep going back to Serious Man, which is just so fundamentally Jewish. I mean, there's there's a powerful sense of like faith and tradition, and you know, you look at. I hate to keep doing this because it's kind of unfair, but you look at uh, at. Uh, I forget his name, Larry Gold. Ah, rats. Forget the, the character's name. But anyway, you look at the, the, the protagonist's three meetings with rabbis uh, mm-hmm. and how different and interesting each one is. And the equivalent scene in this movie, you just have an extra. And uh, not an extra. I mean, the poor guy. I mean, he must have been elated to get the part. But he had like maybe two lines. He's in the church scene. Uh, he's playing the pastor at the church there. And all he gets to do with Robert De Niro is throw out just the most trite biblical platitude. I forget which one it even is. Uh, oh, yeah, be still and know that I am God. Like that uh, that bit, I think, from Isaiah. He he quotes that, and then he, he then interprets, I guess, for the audience or whatever. It means God works in mysterious ways, which, oh, good Lord. Because that's kind of the point that each of the rabbis makes in Serious Man, but in interesting Ways, you know, here it's just a platitude, and I just hated that. Uh, I hated this, and then, and I hated how Christianity was reduced to sound bites on talk radio, to a communion thing. Uh, they, they went more into this fake little religion that they invented about reincarnation. Um, and I don't know if that's a statement on how little his religious tradition means to him, or how little the movie even cares about that. But I just got no sense that there was any sort of respect for or meaning to Robert De Niro's character's religion. Uh, well, there certainly wasn't, because the, that Episcopalian minister, priest, I'm not sure what they call them, gets, gets that line from reading a candle or a mug that's on his shelf. <laughs> I mean, it's so obvious that, the, that they're trying to say, see how hollow this is? Right, right. And... And in that in that kind of case, and I'm not even going to bring my own beliefs into this. Uh, how much more powerful is it if that if that guy has really something passionate to say, and, and De Niro still can't believe it? Right. I mean, and and then to have the 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 opposing religion, if that's even what it is, that thing they make up, be just this ridiculous sort of made up. I'm lis- listening to the tuning fork of God thing. I, I can't buy any of that. I mean, it really is. I mean, Kelly gets closest when he says it that it made him laugh. Yeah. And they're kind of, yeah, yeah, like it, it's almost treated with when Mila Jovovich is talking about the the magnets, for instance. Right. I, I mean, you get a sense that the movie is kind of saying, yeah, they're all equal. Uh, you know, it's sort of like the point of this movie is that talk radio, needlepoint biblical platitudes, and communion once a week aren't enough for a strong moral framework. Whoa, who knew? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> uh, and it's okay with me if you want to make that point that all of these things are the same, that that magnets and and Zengonzo or whatever that is, or, or and and Episcopalian 
religions are all the same. That's fine, but just do it in, in a less facile way. Yeah. Because you, you, they're grasping for something in that murder scene in the, in the infirmary, um, but it it just feels like they're grasping for something that that they don't want to pay off. And he's looking into the guy's eyes, and he's reaching out for him, and he's being covered with blood, and it just gets to be so ridiculous. Yeah. And, and that, this is supposed to be his epiphany, I guess. But they, they, they've given us nothing as a foundation to believe that, they, that there's any faith to go along with this. And, and I just feel like at, at this point you just... I just I, as soon as I saw that brochure show up, I just felt like what? <laughs> really? What was the name of it? It really it was it's not Zen Gonzo. It was something. Oh, rats! Kelly Wan, do you remember what was that called? All right, Kelly Wan doesn't want to tell us. It does start with a Z, though. Yeah, I know it does. I I promise. Kelly Wan, did we lose you? Yeah. Uh, Zukangor. That was it. Did you just, oh, did you have that in your notes? Yeah, Zukangor. Oh. Uh, Kelly Wand, if you're there, we cannot hear you. So we're going to have to do the podcast without you. Or we'll have to start over. <laughs> uh, which would mean we could do a different 3 by 3 All right. Th- thanks for joining us, Kelly Wand. Uh, hey, Kelly. <laughs> Hi. Kelly Wand, what did you, you think? We know. Yeah, we hear you. We hear you. Uh uh, we sir. we know you're a Mila Jovovich and now an Ed Norton fan. Uh, how how'd you feel about uh, Robert De Niro in this? Dingus and I have both been very critical. Did he work for you? Well, he's playing uh, a guy who's who's dead inside. So he's playing a guy who's not supposed to be interesting. He's playing a tedious part. Ah. It's kind of like that movie... Uh, W, where everyone's playing all these soulless bureaucrats, like all these great actors are playing these kind of dead wood kind of people. Except for so on that level, it did. Okay, (laughs) sure. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Do Do you like Francis Conroy? Do you Do you know the chick from Six Feet Under? Yeah, Six Feet Under. Yeah. She's she awesome. seemed as beaten down here. She's really good in uh, the Aviator. She plays. She does like a Hepburn's mom thing. And she's all feisty and like chattery. I don't remember her being Aviator. Aviator. That makes me want to see that again. Then. Uh, I think she's her totally. Mom. She's totally what dingus. Were you going to say hot? Uh no. <laughs> Although the her uh, the match they had for her as a younger girl was great. And was pretty hot, actually. Mm-hmm. Thing is, you're, you're you're keeping my soul in a dungeon. Well, yeah, I, I apologize. Let me just slam a bee in a windowsill, and we'll be okay. Uh, oh, it's a I bee. I don't think we need that scene, but it's it's okay. Um, I think we'll, I, go ahead, Dingus. Sorry. I think she's just. Uh, I like Frances Conroy a lot. Is that her name, Frances Conroy? Yes. Um, but I think she's uh-huh. totally left in the wind in that in that scene. Uh, in that screaming scene on the road as the house burns, it, it's just it's it's the worst sort of TV level uh, dramatic moment. It's just horrid, and and I you know it's it, I think a lot of it is De Niro's fault, and she she's a good actress, but she can't quite handle that moment for whatever reason. I think it just doesn't work, and it's it's an it's an embarrassing. That's the writing. Well, you know yeah, I think yeah, De Niro. 
everything she does is somehow, I mean, it's a thankless part because until the end, everything she does is somehow to be like a sounding board for him or to make observations about his character. And I hate this kind of writing. It, it's so incredibly thankless. Uh, you, you know, she's there to basically do the little gags about you lost your place you know, when he messes up a prayer, or uh-huh. where did you go, you know, to sort of pose for the, in case the audience doesn't get that these are big existential issues, she's supposed to sort of give them, uh-huh. you know, little moment-by-moment narration. Uh, and I just hated that, because, and this is something I kind of resent about the movie that you're making me think of, Dingus. So early on, that scene, where obviously, you, you know, she has the little melodramatic, you get my soul in the dungeon, and that's fine. I mean, she's like a housewife in the 70s, she's not going to she might have this bad sort of live journal poetry take on her marriage. That's okay. Um, but then he goes upstairs and he does the threatened defenestration of his daughter. Uh, and then we, without even so much as a title card, it's like 40 years later. Now, I, I'm like, what, what, you know, what, shouldn't we know a little bit more about these characters and what makes them tick and what makes them do that? You know, what is his deal that he was so bound and determined to keep his marriage intact that he was going to th- throw his daughter out the window you know we that's like that, that seems like the 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 starting point for an interesting character and we never know anything more about that i mean what happened in those and 40 what's years reacting to? he cheat around on her before that because later he she suspects he's having an affair well and, and, and she and, acts the same way so does that mean he was cheating on her then or was she just distant and that's why well the thing is for well, all that distant. if you think of that as like laying a groundwork for laying the foundation for a story you're going to tell us about characters that foundation should have some bearing on what we're going to find out and i don't think we did i don't think there's a single thing we uh-huh. learned in that little fascinating opening the movie could have opened without that. You could walk in. It late, matters a lot. And you would you would miss nothing about these characters. Like it it doesn't at all inform what we know about them and what we later find out about them. Never informs those moments. I think. Uh, so it's, she could have yeah. just been any housewife unhappy in a marriage who's been long suffering. Uh, you know, I guess. I don't know if she there, the fire. I well, yeah, she obviously did. Don't you think? Uh, yeah, I think that that's... Yeah, yeah, she burned the house down. But I think the only reason that scene is there is so they can do their stupid little bee metaphor. Is it, and we have that, uh, that, that sad little scene with the daughter at the end where, where you have sort of that little... where I guess it's supposed to catch in our throat moment, why didn't you leave moment. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess that's right, right. I can't tell you about the time your father almost threw you out the window. <laughs> You don't get to because see then, that either. Because then the movie betrays that by showing up at the funeral of his brother. That's the next thing we see where, where he's just talking about his brother. Oh, yeah. My brother. <laughs> I yeah. forgot about a character brother. we never saw. That's right. Like, best thing you can say about him, and I threw a hammer at his head, and he never told anybody. I told okay, let's go laugh. It's a laugh from the audience. Yeah, and I forgot about the funeral scene. Yeah, it has no sense of of character whatsoever, as far as consistency is concerned. Because you're absolutely right that that opening scene is so provocative, and and w- what it is instead is a guy watching golf, getting brought a drink by his wife, and then we fast forward and a guy watching golf. Oh, right. With his elbow in the same angle, right? right. Same angle. He's <laughs> and, and it's an old TV. And the one thing I did like about the radio stuff, which I thought, which I totally agree with you, Tom, is 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 annoying. Is that it, it's at least a transition forward in time because you can't tell by his TV or his car what time we're supposed to be in, but at least the radio. <laughs> right, right. Because it mentions the internet. So okay, I know this is a period piece. 
But the the brothers. Well, he was using a pastewood yeah, iron, nine iron from the early seventies on the TV. <laughs> oh, and he also yeah. has in the championship Big Ten ring from nineteen eighty two, which apparently he graduated in nineteen eighty two. Now, Dingus, you got a lot of room to talk. You run around wearing your class ring. That's right, I do. But I didn't graduate in nineteen eighty two. Are we supposed to believe that De Niro graduated in 1982, was on a Big Ten championship team with the Wolverine, or with the Badgers, rather? Come on. Is that really, it had 1982 on it? I'm almost certain that's what I saw. I mean, and it, and it seems to be prominent in those scenes. It, it doesn't seem to be just a continuity error. It right. seems to be, we're showing you. I mean, there's, there's sort of a nifty little thing. Wait, there's happens. a team called the Badgers? Yeah. Of course, Kelly Warren. Okay. They're in Wisconsin. Oh. Um, what about the ferrets? Because he's got this back problem, and, and he's got a back issue, and, and Mila Jovovich asks him if it's from playing ball. He says, no, no, it's just life. But it's clear that there's there's supposed to be some implication that he played oh, ball, I guess. Oh. And, and maybe some implication that he was in Vietnam, because Edward Norton says this, but Edward Norton might just be just sort of spinning things out. But uh, but the idea is that he played he played football at some point for the championship. I don't know. But the next jocks always become fake cops or security guards. See, Kelly Wan, what we miss out on by not knowing anything about sports is Dingus picked up on all that stuff from the class ring. I just thought it was some guy who who couldn't let go of like his high school years or so. I thought because everybody gets a class. I mean, I don't know much about class rings, but. I thought, oh, he's wearing a ring. I guess he's gay, and that's the problem. <laughs> I just couldn't believe he graduated undergrad in '82. I'm not gonna. He could have gone. Dingus, well, couldn't he have played football for a, totally. for a graduate program? That's a good point. Yeah, he might have been uh, in graduate program for counseling convicts. <laughs> I'm sure there's some kind of degree for that. So, what what was the deal? I don't I'm not sure I understood this, but I briefly stirred to life during this cuz I thought it was interesting. At some point Frances Conroy she slips into like a David Mamet play. What the What the heck was that? I'm I'm sure Yes, no, she's, she's rolling out like MFR, CSR. Like I was like, what the? What did, why is she doing that? She's making fun of him cuz he swore and he's starting to swear more. Oh, okay. <laughs> she's making fun of him. I didn't Andy. catch that. Uh, yeah, no, I got that. I don't that. think so. I, I think she's actually opening up. I mean, she's she's drunk. This is their late night drinking session, and I think that that she does this during the devotional moment with them, where she tries to get him to confess, and he says, "I don't know what you want me to say to you." And so she's and she's doing it here too. She's saying, you know, she's. I think she's opening up and. Is she calling him those things? No, she's responding to what he said. He says something like "shit," and he she goes, "Yeah, shit, fuck, cocksucker." <laughs> I thought it was yeah, kind of, whatever, dude. Whatever it was, I thought dudes. I thought it was kind of cute. Whatever it was, I didn't quite understand it, but I was like, "Oh, well, that's, I know. that's a little precious." <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm an idiot. Let's go inside and bang. <laughs> well, isn't that scene followed immediately by um, Lucetta showing up in their driveway? And I thought it was screaming. right after that. And he goes, no, I think it's before. Up? I think it's before. No, well, he's definitely, he swears first in reaction to something, and it's either that or... But no, after Lucetta shows up, there's no sort of like levity between them. Uh, like, like it's it's definitely her little, right. her little uh, cussing riff is before Mila Jovovich is, drives up. Uh See, then they set that up, because he does swear before she does, before Francis Conroy does. Well, whatever was going on, I, I thought it was kind of cute. Uh, <laughs> you said you didn't get it. 
I had to break it. Well, I don't understand it. I understand, understand how love works. Whatever, <laughs> whatever was going on was cute for whatever reason. I didn't. Uh, uh, it's our, fun to watch Francis Conroy swear. It is kind of sexy. Uh, it, yeah. Was it what was sexier, that or Mila Jovovich on the phone? <laughs> Do I have to have one or the other? <laughs> I think I think uh, Mila Jovovich. Is, Revealing that she has Cylon spine was the greatest part for me. Yeah, she well, she's an it. alien, too. Is that normal? Oh, <laughs> she is an alien, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, what, what, what do you mean a Cylon? Her spine that was a fourth kind joke, too. Ah, very good, Kelly Wand. Very good. What I did there? Oh, you know what? I like to, I, I like to forget that Mila Jovovich was part of that whole uh, fourth kind scam. I, 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 I want to put that out of my head. Yeah, because you only want to associate with quality work, like the Resident Evil tetralogy. Exactly. That and the yeah. claim. Uh, I, don't, I don't want to remember that she was in fourth kind. Don't, don't remind me of that stuff. Uh, I mean, she was really cute doing the thing, like when she, when, playing ditzy. It's kind of adorable. And by the way, if you want more of that, rent Ultraviolet and listen to her on the commentary track. <laughs> really? Oh, awesome. God. Oh, God. Give me a quote. Awesome. <laughs> wow. uh, let's Why see. I think, I think there's one point in Ultraviolet where she says, I hope I'm thinking of Ultraviolet. Yeah, yeah, because I confuse it with yeah, AR. Right. Yeah, yeah. Where, where she says something about the guns that she's shooting. I, oh, I'm going to butcher this. But something about how the guns she's shooting don't have any ammo. And how she asked the director about it. And he said something like, well, they're like extra-dimensional magazine, ammo magazines or something. And then she had some, I'm screwing this up, but she had something to say about, well, wouldn't that make an awesome purse? You know, wouldn't that be a great... You know what, you'll have to listen to it, because I can't do it justice. Uh, But she offers observations like that uh, on the comments. That sounds kind of good. And I think she's just thrown into her, she's just sort of left there to her own devices. Like, I think there's a commentary track without a director or a scriptwriter or anyone, it's just... Hey, Mila Jovovich, come talk while we play the movie, and that's going to be the commentary track for Ultraviolet. It is, and she's just as willing to talk about, like, her little dog and her... Oh, God, the dog, yes. I've got my little dog, and... (laughs) You guys both listen to the Ultraviolet commentary track? (laughs) I'm the one who didn't? I don't know which of those is weirder to me. Do it. He made me do it. (laughs) Uh, Did she say T-Poss? <laughs> well, the thing is, you know, the the Cylon comet is is when she mounts. I think when she mounts De Niro, she's just got this weird spine. And um, and the thing about John Curran is he he understands she's like Durant. <laughs> yeah, I know. He understands the landscape of human bodies, and he gets ah, he gets how to film how bodies go together, and and how they work, and how kisses work, and how and how love making works, and how that. And how that reveals character, and this is something we talked about last week. And he's really, really good at this. And yeah. and I and I know this because I watched, you know, his other three films this this week. And and it's and it's stunning to watch him him film people making love and kissing. He gets that. And and when you see her mounting De Niro and those close-ups of De Niro's face in that awful. There's that triptych sort of of the of the three men's eyes as the as the uh, as the guy in the infirmary is killed, and we get okay, all three of them are dead in some way, fine. Um, but but it just feels like there's just this thud in this film where he's not allowed to to really fly in the way he can he can really show human bodies together. 
So you watched We Don't Live Here Anymore this week. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I went ahead. Um, I really, I've really been hankering to watch that anyway. That's uh, and, and I actually had to buy Praise because it's still not available for Netflix for some stupid reason, but, but that's fine. Um, but, yeah, yeah I, watched, I watched all three, and, and they're just, I mean, there's nothing, when you watch those films, um, even The Pain of Veil, which, again, I disagreed with you on before, but I was totally wrong, uh, there's, there's nothing in, in Stone that, that makes you think that, that this is the guy who made those films. You can see a little bit, I think, in as much, in, in that We Don't Live Here Anymore follows sort of in the head of Mark Ruffalo, uh, you, you can see that that's, I think, a little bit of what John Kern was thinking Stone would do. You know, that sort of, uh, you know, Mark Ruffalo is younger, of course, but that sort of midlife crisis and questioning your assumptions about your, 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 your family. Uh, I guess there's no issues of faith and, and we don't live here anymore. But I think, too, of like we don't live here anymore, that, that moment where he snatches his children away from, uh, from the, the little precipice over the river uh and he, he sort of changes his mind there uh, you know you know I, mm. I think there's supposed to be like meaningful moments like that in stone um that, that never that don't work nearly as well as as that does with mark ruffalo uh well the thing is mark ruffalo has has more of this amazing um powerful vulnerability that uh that um, De Niro, I don't think, has at this point. He's more like a stone. I mean, he's 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 more sort of with without sort of being able to be penetrated. And you feel like Mark Ruffalo is is more pliable. And 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 yeah. I would rather have. I, I wish in in sort of a parallel universe we could have had, we could have Brando at this point mm. instead of De Niro for here. You guys sound so and, gay right now. But, <laughs> Penetrated, pliable. Uh, I'm not afraid to say that I'm that I'm hot for my Mark Ruffalo. He's he's amazing. He's an amazing actor. He's your Paul Walker. Yeah, and he's also from Australia, like Naomi. Ah. Mark Ruffalo, yeah, he hides his accent really well. Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. And and you, you talk about the landscape of people's bodies during sex. Man, Laura Dern in We Don't Live Here Anymore. Just, I, I, I mean, as far as like an actress being so, that that movie is she's so grim, and in a way she looks like so horrible in that movie. Uh, there, there's no vanity whatsoever in her performance, and we don't live here anymore. And it's in a way a thing of, a thing of like ugly beauty. Uh, she's just so amazing in that. Uh, and then, like the sex scenes with her, it's, uh, it's like, oh God, this is you really feel like you're intruding on somebody's. Life and psyche, in a, in a way. That's how I feel during sex. Every time. <laughs> Every time. That's, you know, that's a great. It's oh, <laughs> actually a great point because because you, there is a there's a similar shot. There's a similar shot of her spine. When yeah. I say you know that sort of that, that you see all those bones running down, but it's it's films, but. You know, I, I, and I guess I'm I'm laying the blame at the wrong point. It's it's not the way it's filmed necessarily. It's the way it's written. You're laying the blame at the spine. Right. It should have been on the pages. <laughs> yeah. The spine of the script instead of the actress. Kelly, one. Did this make you want to see more John Curran movies? No. Never. Hmm. Should I? Why? Why the does, hell would I do that? Does it make you want to see more Mila Jovovich movies? Yeah, 
But I think I've seen them all, except for... You haven't seen The Claim. Uh, no, I haven't seen The Claim. All That's right. a John Curran, too. No, it's Mila Jovovich. It's a Michael Winterbottom. So there's another John Curran connection there, because uh, he wrote Killer Inside Me, which is directed by Michael Winterbottom. Uh, all right, well... The only people who like that movie, by the way. What movie? Oh, we're the only people who've seen it. Yeah, no one else liked it. Yeah, so, I know, but it was critically not acclaimed, except by that. Killer Inside Me was not... Oh, come on. Actually, did this... Uh, does this have good reviews? I can't... I can, can almost see this... Out? Pardon? Nothing. I can... What? I can, I'm not sure. I don't even want... What, I, what it sounds like you said, I, I don't even want to know if that's actually what you said. Uh, did... I, like, I can't imagine this movie getting good reviews. Would anybody like this? It's under 50%. No. No, but I, I, I would think I would think people are objecting to Killer Inside Me for there's a convenient moral for objection, right? Right. And I think yeah. you can score sort of feminist. They're squares. Points. Well, this movie you could object to it on the grounds that you know Robert De Niro is undercutting the the the, the sort of the penal system. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> you know the audience I saw it with look they looked deflated at the end. They were just like, oh god. <laughs> Hate you. <laughs> this is one of those movies only playing in two places in LA, so you have you know, you're Oh, I could get into Secretariat. Oh, what was that? <laughs> Hey, uh, Martha. De Niro's in it, so yeah, what do you know? <laughs> oh, I hated it. <laughs> but they were like the opening when he's like De Niro's yelling at people and you go, Oh yeah, he's He's like a good fella. And then... Well, that that was the one moment. Where, well, one of the, one of the few moments where I was like, okay, this this could be interesting. Where De Niro yells at at uh, at uh, Edward Norton because Edward Norton just right off the bat, he was so he was like so just mouthy. And I mean, that that was one of the early instances where I was thinking, how stupid is Robert De Niro? Get that guy out of your office. You know, that guy is being a jerk. He doesn't want any part of this. Just tick off the right boxes, non-compliant, uh, mouthy, you know, uppity, whatever. Tick those boxes and then send him back into general population or wherever he goes. Uh, you know, there was this weird thing like, why would he put up with this guy being such a jerk? Especially when it shows all the other prisoners who are politely saying, yes, I learned my lesson. Yes, I've been rehabilitated. Uh, I, uh, good Lord, this guy should have just... But he saw it as a challenge. And that's when he... Uh, yeah, but you uh, know what? The movie could have made that point, and it didn't. Uh, it didn't make any point. I agree. Yeah. But it also, that, that scene had the arc of a one-act play. You know, yeah. it's like, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a jerk, and then I'm going to turn around, and I'm, I don't want to listen to you, and okay, yeah, okay, and then we get to the end of the play. I mean, there, there's really nothing else there. I'm guessing actually it's respectable biggest. subject matter though. It could have been good. There's it makes like I the, if you just describe what happens in the movie, it sounds like it could be good. Like Ed Norton become like the killer, the arsonist, the troubled guy finds enlightenment, and then his pro officers like he it's his descent. Now Kelly, what I understand since the movie that you've put your hair in cornrows is that is that how's that working out for you? The carpet matches the drapes. One, two, three, I don't you and me. One, eighty, three, and I'm caught between them. One, two, three, feet apart, and I'm free, getting down with three, three. Oh, what a relief. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> so glad to hear Britney Spears. It's hard, no, I knew. That was an easy one. Okay, what is our three by three this week? Uh, this is my last lame one. The next one's going to be really good. Right. <laughs> I'm just going to keep saying that until <laughs> someone agrees with me that it was good. 
I agree. May take years. I agree with you that oh. it will be good. You didn't like this one? No, I agree right. with you that it will be good. I felt like Tom did. Like, didn't we already do this topic? When I was doing it, I was like, this seems really familiar. Like, <laughs> like for like, as if there could be no forgiveness for this topic. Because uh, <laughs> there's no forgiveness, and we did it all in previous lives as stones. Well, why don't you tell us what the topic is, Kelly Wand? Oh, oh, yeah, sorry, I forgot. Sorry. Um, oh, remind me to tell you a day there stood still nugget. When next time there's a lull, far be it from there being a lull. Oh, okay. <laughs> The Keanu Reeves one or the Robert Wise one? Keanu Reeves one. I have a, okay. I have a, a funny anecdote. By the way, is Day the Earth Stood Still Robert Wise? Because that's, that's basically beyond my ken. I, I kind of no, took a Keanu step. No, Reeves. No, the original is Robert Wise, right? Or no? Uh, Aha, I know something you guys don't. And it might not even be correct, though. So, All right, so we'll save that. Uh, stay tuned for Day the Earth Stood Still Nugget. Uh, but, Kelly Wan, what is our 3x3 three three for this Yeah, one? let's get to the actual news. This is news, huh, Tom? Uh, it could be construed as that, yes. It's uh, three movies, everybody in the world, hearts, but you. See, I, re- I re- changed it like you always do. What do you think about that? See, now it's not love. It's heart. <laughs> that, Except okay. it's stone I found enlightenment through stone, and now I'm just going to change all my whole ideas. All right. Are you doing that heart thing with your hands when you say that? One of them. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, and you you go first, right, Kelly Wand? Uh, no, you two? don't. Uh, uh, Dingus goes first because he is introducing next week's 3x3. Three three. So I know why you guys think this is boring. It's because you guys know each other's everything already. So you're just rehashing stuff you already know, so that's why it's boring. Mm, okay. Neither of us has said this is boring. Why would you? No, you guys have seen thing? every movie together. You listen to your little <laughs> seeing all your little French movies. Uh, I think this is boring, not because I know Dingus, but just because it's there. There's first of all that everybody loves. What is that supposed to mean? Like people in your circle of friends, people. Well, we'll, well get to my number three. Right, right. We'll, we'll, all right. So Dingus has to play us in first. Dingus, what do you got for us? What are your Three movies that everybody hates and you lo- or whatever. Everybody no. loves and you hate. Right. Oh, here's Tom. Stepping all over. <laughs> right, uh, I'm just going to pick three random movies. I hate Ellie Wand. <laughs> what, what do you got for us, Dingus? Play us, play us over. All right. Um, I, my objections to these three movies are well known. So uh, starting with number three, I'm going to start with... Uh, I. I'm not going to give a quote because I just don't care enough about this movie to quote it, um, and I and I really despise it. It's the uh, it's the Departed from 2006, directed by Martin ah. Scorsese, and a lot of people really love this movie. Uh, I think it won an award, like the the Emmy for best dramatic television series or something. Um, I I think it's an embarrassment, and I think <laughs> if you watch you you can tell when you watch Scorsese accepting his award for best. Uh, best sitcom or whatever he, he accepted. I forget what the award was. Uh, Pulitzer. It might have been the Pulitzer that year. Um, you can tell he's just embarrassed that, that this is what he's come to and he has to accept an award for The Departed. And I think it's a, it's, it's a mess. Uh, I think it's horribly put together. Ter- it's terribly acting. It's, but Jack Nicholson it, it, is so good in it. What's the matter with you? Oh, Yeah, he throws cocaine around. That's right, and his his arms are all coated in blood. You're right. I totally just turned around right now. I love this movie. Also, uh, 
It taps into our interest in cell phones. Like and it ta- yeah, good point. It taps into my interest in United 93. So there you go. Ah. Uh, you, 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 you will find people, though, who say, and I, th- I think they even do it with a straight face, they don't giggle, who say Jack Nicholson is good in The Departed. I think there are people who claim that. He's the least good. He's horrid. Uh, it's clear that uh, Scorsese has no intention of um, restraining him or keeping him under wraps or, or in any way making him be in the same movie as everybody else. And I think the m- music is also unbearable. What's the music? What do they do for the he music? Re- he rehashes all of his other music from Casino and uh, Goodfellas. Is that, that true? Sucks. It feels... Uh, give me shelter? Come on. It's oh, it's all just like... Fa- or not fa- just like other songs you would already know. It's not like some soundtrack. Not necessarily. There's that Boston song, you know, I lost my arm. I'm, you know, that that song that play that from my memory plays 15 times during the movie, and I'm sure only plays once. Uh, so it's, it's just, not the soundtrack though you're objecting to, Dan. I mean, it's the, it's the the songs and not like it's not like Shutter Island where you you didn't like that sort of clanky oh. 20th century stuff. Right. No. 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 I'm not. I, you know. No. No. The thing is, let me ask you this: Would you rather? Would you rather sit through The Departed or Shutter Island again? Shutter Island. Aha! Yay! You admit that you... Me too. ...would rather see Shutter Island. Okay, so you're, that's, that's like a glimmer of fondness for Shutter Island. I'm, I'm willing to admit that I, that I was closer to missing the boat or ferry on Shutter <laughs> Island than, than I missed the... I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm certain that I'm right about The Departed, and I, and I leave open the possibility that I was wrong about Shutter Island. Kelly One, do you like Departed? I like it till the rat at the end. And I go, oh, it's a rat. Because <laughs> he's a rat. Ah. And also, I read somewhere, or some chick told me, that Nicholson was wearing a Yankees cap all the time. And so they had to, like, CG it out because he refused to wear a Boston. <laughs> so that's what, that's what Scorsese was dealing with on a daily basis uh, with Jack. Because he was supposed to be a Boston crime lord. And in Boston right. would never, because that's a New York team. You know, I know about that sports, the different, the, the, the Boston Yankees tension. I know about that from the movies, from War of the Worlds, where Tom Cruise right. is that with his son. Yeah, exactly. And his son pulls out a cap. And I know because I'm watching the movie, they put on the caps and the audience laughs. And I had to ask right. someone, I think someone had to then explain it to me. That's how was I know. Was it the chick who uh, was yelled at you to shut up after you shushed your baby? Did you ask <laughs> She and I didn't talk very much. And then the audience beat you to a pulp. <laughs> with five fours. No, that uh, was, yeah. I like The Departed, kind of, but I think, I, it, I feel kind of dumb for liking it. It's just better than a lot of stupid shit that came out that year. Well, it won. 2006 was a rough year. It won the Nobel yeah. Prize for film. Yeah, but it, it won the Nobel Prize because they owed him for all the other good movies they didn't give him. Like, uh, Dances with Wolves beat Goodfellas, so then they give him the Departed. <laughs> That's not true. And that's how stupid the Oscars are. What is that really is true? true? That's really true. Dances with you Wolves don't got. That? I never remember this stuff. It got Best Picture over Goodfellas. Yeah. Oh, oh, you know, awesome. Goodfellas won Best Picture. Are you high? I would have assumed. Don't I don't know. I don't remember any Academy you. Awards stuff. I'm terrible. Why? You don't remember any Academy Awards? I don't pay attention to that. I hate that stuff. Um, you made us do an Oscar pod, <laughs> and we'll be doing another Jesus. one. But that doesn't mean I pay attention oh. or I remember. That's <laughs> the only thing you need to remember about the Oscars to to understand the Oscars, is that Dances with Wolves beat Goodfellas, ergo Departed. Wow. Okay. I can name so many better films that year that were better than The Departed. Ugh. It was not a no. disappointing year. You're so wrong. Wait, name one. United 93. Name- Chil- 
Children of Men, Brick, Penn's Labyrinth. Anything else? <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is from a couple different years, Wait, but I agree with your one, point, no. Dingus. <laughs> yeah, Dingus, those didn't all come out in 2006. They might as really? well have. Pan's Labyrinth? You know, I'm, I'm going to say The Prestige that year, too. How about Good. that? How about The Queen? I'm going to guess The Queen, too. He's got you. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right, I'm going to do my number three. So, I, yeah, I hate this topic. All I did was I went down the uh, – I went to IMDb, so my resource for what everybody loves, and they've you hated the topic, my work is done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. So next week, we will be doing... Uh, so I went to IMDb, and they rank their... Because, you know, you can go to IMDb and vote, you know, do you give this movie a 10 or a 1 or a 7, whatever. Like, you give a movie between 1 and 10. And they, they tally the votes, and they put their top 250 vote winners on IMDb. You can just click on it. So I just went down from number 1 until I found a movie I didn't like, and I wrote it down. And I went down from number one on down until I had three movies, and I will now give them to you in reverse order. I'll wait my turn. All three of them? No, 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 I'm going to wait my turn. Uh, At number 75. uh, (laughs) Number 75, the 75th best movie of all time, according to the people who bother to vote for movies on IMDb, is Life is Beautiful. The Rob, Roberto Benigni uh, uh, yeah. Holocaust survivor thing. Good choice. Yeah, and I, I don't like that. So there you go. That's my number three. It took you 25 yeah. slots? Wow. No, no, no. So it's the. I'll, this is a minor spoiler. The number 35, 52, and 75 slots were the ones I didn't like. And 75 is Life is Beautiful. My number two is the number 52 slot, and my number one is the number 35 slot. So yeah. Tommy I, gave them laughter, and then so his kid wouldn't see the skulls. So. Yeah, what's your problem? Yeah. You know what? I didn't yeah. like I didn't like how exuberant he was at the Academy Awards. I just thought it was inappropriate when he jumped over the seats. Yeah. Can you do an impression of him for us? Tom prefers to waltz <laughs> with Paul Walker. Is that a trick? Spending his crump with. <laughs> Thank you for my Academy Award. Uh, how's that? <laughs> Is that good? <laughs> it's pretty good, but you can you can do more. <laughs> it's me, Roberto. How's that? Not to jump in your ocean. <laughs> what the heck? Did he actually say that? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So there you go. My number three movie that everybody loves that I don't is uh, Life is Beautiful. Kelly Wand, what's your number three? And I'm curious Scarface. to see if Zaps makes this list. Oh, Scarface. Okay. I'm, I'm Why would Zaps make this list? Because you get it on so many lists. I would just be, I, I'm convinced you found some way. I don't heart Zaps. Are you high? I don't know. Maybe you've got some jujitsu that you're going to do to get it on you the might. list. Everybody inside of me loves this, but me. Right. Everyone loves Zap. Scarface, to me, is kind of goes with Dingus's overrated cocaine gangster movie. (laughs) 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 But but I've never understood the allure of Scarface. I like the chainsaw scene, but then it just gets really dumb. It's It's like a cartoon. I'm thinking it's real. And that blimp goes overhead, and it says... Seize the day, or whatever the blimp says. I've never seen it, so I can't really... You've never seen Scarface? Uh, no, sir, I have not, no. Uh, yeah, it sucks. Say hello to my little friend. That's the oh, line from gun. Predators. Right. <laughs> so you didn't get that joke, did you? I actually it's wasn't like even in the theater for it. Hmm. Yeah. So you pirated Predators? No, uh, I actually had left the theater to use to see a man about a horse. Uh, during the middle of Predator, and that was one of the things because you guys had to explain to me how the Predators got into Larry Fishburne's ship. 
Uh, I don't know oh. if you remember. But I, I we worked all that out. I can't right. You explained it to me, and now I understand. But that's when... There was, was science involved. There was science and smoke <laughs> involved. Yeah, so... Uh, so yeah, okay. So Scarface. All right. Well, now I'm not right, going to so see it. You've seen it, and now I, I now it's boring because I'm not going to see it. Yeah. Dingus, did you see Scarface? Of course. Dingus loves Brian De Palma. Am I underselling Scarface? No, you're doing a fine job. I I haven't seen it in I don't know 700 it's years. Dumb. It's dumb. I can imagine things. it being dumb. Yeah, you know, especially and predictable. Pacino. Uh I just, I don't know. It's it's somehow I get the sense that I I thought I was the only person who didn't like Scarface. But if Tom hasn't seen it, and I haven't really felt the need to, just because it's got its little iconic moments, and I already think Michelle Pfeiffer's pretty cool, and I can get all the Pacino I need watching Devil's Advocate, and uh, what else? <laughs> That's so. a sequel. Scent of a woman clearly is what you want. <laughs> Ooh, ah. I'm gonna take a flamethrower to the. Podcast. Yeah. All right, Dingus, what is your number two movie that, that you love but everyone else hates? Um, <laughs> I really love uh-huh. Tom's Fate Cat. I love Shadow Cat. <laughs> I, really, I really loved Crash. I mean, for me, Crash... <laughs> Crash really speaks to what was going on. No one loves that. That's that's a, that, that, that unacceptable. You have to read the you know, <laughs> 2005. Oh, it has a real understanding of race relations and immigration. Not everybody loves that movie. And it also really understands snowing. And I love that. I love how uh, how they get trapped in a car upside down, and then Matt Dillon has to save them. And it really speaks to me. So, uh, so my number two film that everybody else hated and I loved would be Crash, because I think it totally deserved to win Best Picture over Squid and the Whale. It totally. What? Would, no way! Oh my God! Are you serious? That's even totally worse than the Dances with Wolves thing. It understands human relationships in a total understandable way, and so Crash is 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 film that really speaks to me and speaks to my heart. And I'm, I'm not going to apologize for that. Can I derail the conversation briefly and tie this around to uh, Nimrod Antal, who's the, the director of Predators? Please do, Tom. So I watched Armored recently, which features Matt Dillon groping around in a wrecked vehicle as well, like in Crash. Uh, Armored is not bad, I just want to say, when it comes to movies where Matt Dillon is groping around underneath a wrecked vehicle. Uh, Armored, what do you guys know about Armored, by the way? I wanted to see it one week, and we wound up seeing something dumb. Yeah, like the I think we saw the losers or something. Uh, right. Anyway, so I just I just you know I I liked Armored. So there you go. Just want to throw that out there. Uh, it What's does, that got to do with what he's talking? Because oh, because Matt Dillon is in Armored, and he gropes around. Oh. They, they, it's about it's. I don't want to give anything away. It's a cool premise. It's about. It's basically about armored trucks and kind of how cool they are. It's and, got different races in it too, like Crash, and things crash in it like Crash. How would you know that? Because spoilers. Ah, good point. Well, and it's <laughs> in, Nimrod in armored. Does anybody touch anybody? Because in L.A., nobody touches you. Well, they they crash into each other so they can feel. Oh, no one touches in L.A. <laughs> uh, all right, so I just wanted to say that. Uh, Dingus ruined this category even more than you. I'm very upset right now. How did Dingus ruin it? I'm the one talking about Nimrod Antal movies. Because Crash is not universally beloved. Everyone it, felt annoyed. Kelly Wand, it won what? the Crash. It won the Nobel Prize. Yeah, and it was backlash the next day. Everyone went, "What the fuck?" 
crashed beat Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad somebody broke this category. It had to happen. I was knocked out by the by my friends' reactions to it. I mean, there there were people who were my friends who uh, I laughed I at trust, all and in the who, movie, like uh-huh. who said you have to see this, you have to see this. And then when I would insult it, uh, other friends of ours who just came back from You're Australia would get mad at me because I was insulting Crash. So there are people who feel very strongly about Crash and love it very much. Dingus, what beloved director directed Crash? Uh, I believe that was um, Paul uh, ha- some Scottish Hitchies. name. Yeah, and what else is haggis? <laughs> Lamb's intestines. There you go. I rest my case. And bagpipes are small intestines? And I didn't know that. Was- <laughs> All right, my number two movie that I hated is number 52 on the IMDb list of movies that people voted for as, as the highest ranked. Uh, and it's one we've already talked about, so we can just move on. It's The Departed. That's the number 52 movie on IMDb's top 250. How can you not like that? Everybody loves that film. He's just picking. He didn't have anything. He's just, I'll just say whatever day. Why I already announced before Dingus said anything that it's the number 35, number 52, and number 75 on IMDb. You can go verify that if you don't believe me. I, I did my homework, Kelly Wand. Just <laughs> I hear you Googling. Just go to IMDb, top 250 is there. And you can see, it would be a spoiler, but you can see now what my number one is, which is the number 35th ranked movie. I don't know why you're always on IMDb, because IMDb is retarded. He's one of their main posters. Yeah, I know. He's always music. plugging it on the podcast. <laughs> I just love the comment section. I'm always reading the comment section to find out. By the way, out. my star rating on IMDb went down 60% last week, so okay. that's how important IMDb is. <laughs> What's your star rating? Oh, oh, I don't know. Oh. Why did, what did you do last week to make it I don't know. 60%? Nothing. Exactly. I'm assuming the podcast. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. It's because you didn't like... Oh, killer inside me. Ugh. It's because you didn't like Devil. Uh-huh. Right. I didn't appreciate its finer points like you. Oh, wait, that's, that's Dingus. Star rating. Dingus's star yeah. rating must have plummeted like 300% after the Devil podcast. Uh, I don't remember ever doing a Devil podcast. La, 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 la. <laughs> star rating. Kellyanne, what's your number two movie that you were indifferent to that other people were also indifferent to? They were different, too. Um, <laughs> mine's good. This number two is really good because actually everyone does like this movie as opposed to what you guys are slinging around. Crash. <laughs> it's uh, Spider-Man Two. I don't oh, understand. Oh, really? That's the best chick flick ever. Oh, I, you know what? I, I I couldn't. It's like talking about Star Wars movies. All right, all right. Like, I couldn't right, care right. less. No, but go ahead. Explain for all the nerds what what's wrong with Star Wars. I mean, Star Wars with Spider-Man Two. <laughs> It's stupid. It's dumb. It's got no. He is that the one where where uh, Thomas Hayden Church is a uh, is? No, the, I like that one. I like oh. the, I like the one no one likes. Spider Man Two is the one where uh, James Franco. Is it the one where James Franco it's rides around? Alfred or... Selina. Oh, the Doctor Octopus. Oh, is that a bad one? Ugh. Yeah, well, I don't know. I've seen it. Total chick flick. It's it's good if you like chick flicks. Spider Man. Talks him out of blowing everything up because he reads poetry to him at the end. I don't remember that part. Nobles, see, there you go. But he's, he's got he's one fighting, good. He's got all those like steel tentacles and stuff. Is wasn't that cool? And then I yeah, that was cool. Okay, but it's not it. good. And it's got 
I don't know. It's just got no arc. Does everyone love that one, though? That's the one everyone loves. Oh, is that the one where Topher Grace is the black Spider-Man? No, that's the good one. No. (laughs) That no one likes. All right. (laughs) Black Spider-Man. Chris Campbell is the French waiter. Have you not seen it? Think this? There's a you Topher, guys not like that. Topher oh, Grace you know is the Black Spider-Man in one of the movies. I did not just make that up. The third movie is the one where Tobey Maguire goes evil and he does that dance, and everyone hates that dance. And I thought very it was Sam Raimi though. Yeah, that's very Sam Raimi. It's funny. It's, it's his, totally Sam Raimi. It's his evil dance. It's, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And I thought it was hilarious, and it totally made me laugh. And I thought it was ballsy and silly. And it was the first funny thing that ever happened in a Spider-Man movie. So Kelly Wand, who's Spider-Man? Who's the next Spider-Man? That guy from uh, Imaginarium, but they cast Emma Stone, our beloved Emma Stone, the sexy hot redhead, is a natural Mary Jane. The caster is Gwen Stacy. What the fuck's up on that? Who's Gwen Mary Jane? Stacy. What? Gwen Stacy is the black cat. Oh, no, she was she, in, no doubt. She's got white hair just like Gwen Stacy does, but Emma Stone is a natural redhead. Oh, wait, she's a natural blonde, they're saying now. But she seems like she would be the obvious Mary Jane. Right, Tom? <laughs> who's who's Mary too. Jane? Who's Mary Jane, by the way, in the new Spider Man movie? She's like uh it'll probably be um Megan Fox. You're, first of all you're lying. So there's no Mary Jane yet, right? Or is there no Mary Jane in the Spider Man movie? Mary Jane the drug? <laughs> I know, I was wondering how many times you would say that before. Wait, what's her name? What's the real girlfriend? I'm not going to talk Spider-Man with a guy who hasn't seen any of the movies. You've already talked Spider-Man. What's, what is Kirsten Dunst's name in Spider-Man? Mary Peter Jane Parker. Watson. Oh, it is Mary Jane. So you get... Oh, you jerks. <laughs> All right. She's not an actual redhead. Uh, but there's it's no... Not, just, in the comics, Mary Jane's like this sort of sexy, feisty, slutty, uh, cock-teasy <laughs> firecracker. And then they turn her into like Kirsten Dunst's bland... Uh, Everything Whatever. you just said seems to apply to Kirsten Dunst to me. I don't know. In Spider-Man 2 goes, watch Spider-Man 2 and tell me. If nah, I've, I've, seen, I've seen those movies once and then I'm just done with them. Whatever. You didn't see any of them. I've seen them all. I was saying Came things from the same them. day as a Paul Walker movie. <laughs> I had to go see 8 Below instead. <laughs> yeah. See? I couldn't even have made that joke. That's how gay. <laughs> all right, Diggis, what is your number one movie that everyone but you Parts. is passionate about? Uh, my number one movie that everyone loves and I hate is uh, Saving Private Ryan. No way, the beginning is good. Earn this, uh, Kelly Wand. Part in the cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Wand, by the way, picked this as his movie that, what was it, you only you, you can leave after the first five minutes because Kelly yeah. Wand loved the bookends. Kelly Wand loved old Matt Damon weeping in the cemetery. Yeah, I like old men. <laughs> Dingus, what's, what's your beef? This is a, this is a classic war movie. It's it's Steven Spielberg bringing his insight into the the epic sweep of World War II. Why do you hate this? What's your deal? There's trumpets in the soundtrack. Jeremy Davies is in it. Come on. Roberto teaches Tom Hanks to not hate the Holocaust through laughter, and wears clown nose, and Patch Adams shows up. Uh, you know, I know everybody's willing to give this film a pass because the first 20 minutes uh, save the the uh, TV movie of the week uh, bookends of the, the the damn thing, which doesn't you know give any indication of what the director is about anyway. Um, everyone's willing to give this movie a pass because that that 
the landing at the beaches of Normandy is such bravura filmmaking. But I, I never want to watch it again because there's no film to support it. I mean, it's it's no more use for me than a cutscene. Um, I remember it. It's fine. Yeah, maybe it was uh, technical good filmmaking. He won Best Director. Uh, another film won Best Picture, but he won Best Director because of of the technique of cutting together that opening cutscene of the film. And there's nothing else in the film that's of any use for me. I mean, from 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 the point that um, the film doesn't understand how flashbacks work. Uh, to, how does it screw that up? <laughs> well, the the fact that the entire film is a flashback of a character who's not there for most of the film. <laughs> He's imagining it. It's all in his head. Yes, that's right. right. That's good. It's, it's he's a man. He's a, he's and uh, Sybil Shepherd is in the back of one of those troop carriers. Oh, that's a good point. And killer inside me. Uh... Uh, but you know, uh, I you know, it just it it just turns into pap uh, after all of that. And and uh, also that year Rushmore came out. So fuck this film. Wow, pretty strong language there, Dingus. That's right. I apologize. We just now got an explicit. Another movie. movie not everyone hearts. People love saving Who? You hang out with the wrong crowd. Like me John and Tom. McCain. John McCain loves it. Okay. He does not. Of course he does. What's the matter with Don't you? put words in. John McCain <laughs> loves saving Private Ryan. I'll bet saving Private Ryan is really big with tea partiers, too. Yep. I'll bet they love it. People yeah. love that movie. What are you talking about? How come they're not called teabaggers anymore? Someone explain like to them what that is. I like is. having a reason. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> it was by the third year, they went, all right. Someone was like, hey, come here. Uh, yeah, different name. Don't go with teabaggers. Yeah. So, Kelly, do you not like Saving Private Ryan either? Uh, I, I like chunks of it. Right. But I don't like any chunks of Crash. And I like chunks of The Departed because people get shot in the face a lot in it. And that kind of tricks me into liking movies the way Mila Jovovich tricks me into liking sex scenes. I would argue that if you were to uh, be in any group of people and say, how do you feel about Saving Private Ryan? Most people in the room would say, oh, it's a, it's a masterpiece. It's classic. No, it's a classic. no, no. Where is this happening? What parties do you think I go to? I think you go to a lot of parties with Episcopalians. <laughs> uh, why don't we look up what Saving Private Ryan's rating is on IMDb? And that would That's settle this. scientific. Yep. Uh, I'll thumbs I will bet you, I will bet you a dime that it's in the top 250. By the way, I, it didn't uh, get, I didn't get far enough down the list. Actually, you know what? It might be. I might have skipped it because I didn't hate it, but I just don't care for it. Uh, so that might be. And it lost the Oscar to uh, Shakespeare in Love. Oh, shocking! Could have won Best Director. All right, it did. Yeah. Who directed it, Shakespeare? John Madden. John Madden. <laughs> I actually know that because he's not the coach of the Pittsburgh. Uh, metallurgy dealers, guys. Yeah. So, did you say Pittsburgh metallurgy? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like to call them. Steelers just sound so prosaic. Tom paints his face. <laughs> I'm and a even big more fan. So when there's a game on, yeah. Big fan. All right, my number one. This is the number, th- the 35th ranked movie on IMDb. So apparently everybody loves it, but I hate it. Uh, Forrest Gump. So there you go. Oh God, yes. No one likes that movie. Apparently enough people like it to make it the 35th highest rated movie on IMDb. So. All right, Kelly, you want to... Forrest Gump. It's, it's delightful. It. Oh, yeah. I hate about I'm it. I'm in it. Oh, Come on. I'd rather watch Zelig again. Hello? Expound upon why you hate Forrest Gump. Uh, because, let's see, why do I hate Forrest Gump? Uh... I if you've ever seen it. <laughs> so the, part of... the thing with the feather, and then Ginny gets yeah. the kids at the end. 
and uh, he gotcha. actually invents the smiley face. Yeah. And he plays CG ping pong. And uh, what else? But Gary Sinise. And he says he's got to pee. They Kennedy, cut off Gary Sinise. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Gary Sinise, that was, a, that was some serious method acting. That's right. Did some pull on Back to the Future, yo. Uh, yeah, so there you go. What about how in the book it, the line is, being an idiot ain't no box of chocolates? And then in the movie they they watered it down to, being an idiot is a box of chocolates. There's a book? <laughs> There's two books. In the second one, he goes to a rock and shit or something. <laughs> You're lying, <laughs> Kelly Wan. I, there's a sequel, and he meets more presidents. I swear to God. I don't believe you. It's like Twilight. I think you're swear <laughs> oh, That's one of my gets, favorite reactions. There's more CG in the second book. Wow. Right. There's a book? <laughs> invents, uh, All right, Kelly Wan, what is your number one uh, movie that you love that everyone else hates? Tom, you can't go full retard. <laughs> is it Tropic Thunder? So it's Tropic Thunder, because I would put that on. No, no. I don't like Tropic Thunder. All right. Tropic Thunder's, no, because it's got Downey in it. He's pretty no, funny. I can't I, write I off a dick. Kelly picks 2001. No, but it's all, it is a number. Spoiler alert. Oh, uh, 2012. 1984. <laughs> uh, what's uh, nine. Nine. Uh, uh, I apologize for saying you people. I know that was racist. Eight and a half. Uh, eight and a half. Just keep guessing any number. Number hundred. Yeah. By the way, uh, oh, is it three hundred? Really? Yeah. Okay. Does everyone love that though? No. Or does everyone? No. no. I, I, I consider it a guilty pleasure, uh, but uh, I, I think lots of people don't like it. Guilty pleasure is loving it, because Paul Walker is one of your many tissues laden guilty pleasures. We already know, so three hundred is probably similar. I think Tom's right. just upgraded Paul Walker to pleasure. <laughs> I'm still free. I want to uh, real quick. I, I see here on my notes this line from uh, Stone. It's not a spoiler. I just want to say, what movie does this line from Stone remind you of? You ever seen a fire take control? It's something, man. It's alive. Alive. <laughs> what is that? What movie does that remind you of? Uh, Backdraft. No. Uh, Samuel Jackson's. You think water's bad. Have you ever seen ice? Right before the, uh, I forget what it is. Or, yeah, I forget what, right before Samuel Jackson gets eaten by the shark in uh, Deep Blue Sea. He has something about, you should say ice. Ice is alive? Or no, what is it? He's, I forget. There's no ice in that. Well, no, he's, he's the thing is, he's going to give the speech. The Titanic. No, he's going to give the speech to rally the survivors, and he's going right, to talk right, about no, no, how hard yeah. it was dealing with ice. Wasn't it ice? I, you might be right. I don't remember what he was talking about. Anyway, so I just wrote, you ever seen a fire take control at something, man, it's alive? And, and, it, and thinking it would be cool if Edward Norton was, like, eaten by a shark at that moment. Uh, but it didn't Shark's eyes like a doll's eye, Tom. Uh, what is it? Black and, yeah. But you have to say it with the accent, Kelly Wand. Like a doll's eyes. That was my Robert Shaw. Thank you. Thank you very much, everyone listening. You can use that for a ringtone. <laughs> Once again, you add the plural... It's not supposed to be there. So, uh, so 300, Kelly Wan, you loved 300 and everyone else hated it. Now, why did you love yeah. 300? Is it because it's a neoconservative fantasy or is it because it has scantily clad men? Or both? They're all young men with wax chests and there's no old dudes, even though it's supposed to be old dudes because they're supposed to be like the widowers or something. I is think Gerard Butler's got to be like at least 38. 
that's not old. <laughs> okay. So, I'd hit that. Okay. Anyway, uh, and there's and the whole movie's slow motion, and that slow motion's a huge crutch, and it's boring. Well, otherwise the movie would be, you, you know... You're watching men with wax chests move in slow motion, nude, for two hours, and that's... Cons- and every... <laughs> the only I'm people I know who like that... an objection. They're like <laughs> wrestler fans. Like, people who watch wrestling like it. So that's how you know it's not a good... All right. Or people who like... People who like Frank Miller graphic novels. Uh, so I like Sin City. Well... But then, um, yeah. What? Never mind. <laughs> uh, I like 300 just because I appreciate, you know, Zack Snyder. I, I don't necessarily mind a director who brings to movies that, that whole music video sensibility. And I think that that fits a, a really stylistic comic book. Uh, and I, I, I kind of think it's funny to hear conservatives sort of hold it forth as this rationale for the war in Iraq, you know, or, or fighting fighting terrorism, I guess. Just this idea that, you know, we're holding out against the the uh, the mass of others. Yeah, well, Persians in quotes. Wait, they're the, per- the Persians are the Spartans now because the 9-11 guys, there's only a couple of them, and then we're the Persians. I think you got to look at it on a global scale, Kelly Wand. It's all the it's the oh, forces of chaos. Global. You know, the Persians are the Palestinians, the Afghani- the, the the Taliban, in Afghanistan, the Iraq. Also the 9-11 guys, they sacrifice their lives like the Spartans do. So there's only a couple of them, and they're martyrs. So they're like the Spartans. So actually, the Taliban. Wait. Al-Qaeda would love... Yeah, I have not heard that interpretation floated, but I'm sure you could probably make it. Uh, if, if hey, let's talk about who the Empire would be now. Ah, good. Wait, wait, that's a story. See, he's trying to trick us into a Star Wars conversation. Dingus always does that. He always... Star Wars for him is a frame of reference for everything. It's a way of life. Wow, that's gay. Tom, you're going to find many of the frame of references of life are depend greatly on your point of view. Is that if that's a Star Wars line? That's really weak. When in Star Wars does someone say that? Never. What? All right. I thought you were quoting Star Wars. Tom hasn't seen Star Wars. He's only read the books. It's from my Splinter and Mind's Eye fanfic. <laughs> it's a minor Lucas, Tom. I will say that as I was going down the list of the top 250 IMDb movies to to you know humor Kelly Wan's three by three, I came across Star Wars and I briefly entertained choosing it, but. I don't hate Star Wars. I think Star Wars is a bad movie, but I adore it. I think there's a distinction there. I don't think Star Wars is very good, but I, I do love it, so I, I didn't want to... Also, no one loves it anymore because the prequels ruined it. No, I don't think that's everyone, true. Now everyone thinks Star Wars, they go, oh, God, Phantom Menace. All right. So, Does everyone love Phantom Menace on IMDb? Uh, it was because it, I I only got Terminator Two is another one by the way. So, but see, I don't hate Terminator Two. I just don't really care for it. Uh, but I almost I like Terminator. What do you like? Terminator Two Probably Terminator. Yeah. It's just a remake of Terminator. It's a bigger budget remake. And I remember seeing it as a kid and being disappointed that Cameron didn't do anything different. He just did this sort of same Robert thing, Patrick. same formula. Oh. He did the same formula over again with a bigger budget. Uh, and I just remember being very True. disappointed in that. Uh, and yeah, I think too. Swapped. Well, I think, too, I was wanting to see, like, uh, a Terminator set during the the rise of the robots, you know, like the whole flashback scene in Terminator. I wanted to see that. And so then when many years later I actually get that, courtesy of McGee, and realize how terrible it is, uh, it's probably maybe a good thing that uh, Cameron did just... But that's not the real 
That's an alternate reality where that's not canon. Living. <laughs> oh, you know there is that whole. There's a weird. We're point. in an alternate reality where McG makes the fourth Terminator movie. Well, didn't we're somehow Term- in a loop? No, but Terminator <laughs> Three did. I mean, you're, didn't Terminator Three or Two? One of them screwed up the whole timeline thing. It's like Star Trek now, right? I guess so. Good Lord, I, I don't. Know, I yeah, Star Trek. Well, <laughs> they use red matter. By the way, I can't believe so. Dingus brings up Star Wars, and now I'm bringing up Star Trek. This okay. <laughs> Uh, Boy, Dingus, like what is our three by three for next week? Get us out of this. Get us back to a respectable discussion. What, no runners up. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, runners up. There you go. What do, what do you guys have for runners up? No, I didn't have any. Okay, Dingus, do you have runners up? Just thought you guys would. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Wait, let's. We have other Tom Hanks movies. <laughs> I never saw Sleepless in Seattle, so I'll put that on my. List. I've never seen You've Got Mail. I really wanted to hit on something classic and. Classic that I could like Citizen Kane, but I really didn't. Yeah. Tom, read some of the uh, top fifty from IMDb, your favorite website, and we can go. Oh, yeah, that one's a piece of shit. Well, they're uh, not. That's the thing. Is there? <laughs> I mean, you look at the. You had to look hard for one. Well, not hard, but I had to go down to thirty-five before I got one that I so definitively thought that I hated. Are all awesome. Not awesome, but I like them. You know, there's a difference between not caring for something like Terminator 2 and hating Just start rattling you off. Specific, well, if I go there, it's going to mess up the record. Well, recording. Here's, here's one I considered that I think you guys will disagree with. Okay. Uh, I considered uh, Anchorman, which I really despise, but I know a lot of people love. Anchorman's fine. It's overrated, but it's not horrible. I ate a candle. Got, uh, that's funny, right? Come on, Dingus, <laughs> I ate a candle. Milk was a bad Yeah, I guess I ate a candle. <laughs> <laughs> I just despise the whole Steve Carell choice. I think it's so weak. It's just obvious. No, he's good at that. He plays a retard. He's fine, yeah. And it's, and it's obvious and weak. I, I used to hate that choice, but that's part of my baggage about... So even, uh, you know... I, so I like Anchor, that movie Anchorman so I saw Anchorman quests in Champions Online and video games, and they're still doing Ron Burgundy humor and Zoolander humor, like, ten years after the movies come out, and then it's in video games. Like, oh, you have to save Ron Burgundy. Champions. Did you guys do that? Uh, Dingus, I know, has a level 40 uh, nerf herder in <laughs> Champions. <laughs> I, don't, I don't play that game. Scruffy <laughs> <Probably> looking. <laughs> Dingus, what is our 3 by 3 for next week? What do you got for us? Save us. All right, this is... Uh, um by the way, Dingus, real quick, I want to say, if you've got a lame one, do it now, because it can't possibly be worse than what we just did. Okay, what an good. Asshole. <laughs> um, Not that I disagree. This is your three movies <laughs> other people thought were just slightly okay that you also saw were slightly okay. <laughs> three movies you would give three stars out of five. <laughs> That three movies that everyone thinks are sort of good, but you think are only so-so. Right. But other people think they're mediocre. <laughs> IMDb, hang on, let me click it. Okay. Uh, Volcano, Dante's Peak, Sunshine, 28 Days Later, 28 Days, both of them. <laughs> Uh, we have fun. All right, Dingus, if that's going to be your uh, three by three. It's not. It's awesome. Did you hear the World of Warcraft movies uh, on hold now? Oh, big surprise there. 
going to do a Wizard of Oz movie. I know. They couldn't, they couldn't figure out the micropayments for the movie. <laughs> that would be that would work, Dingus, if there were micropayments in World of Warcraft. But, uh, yeah, sorry. I'm going to have to fire your joke. <laughs> That's okay. My joke can go to unemployment. I don't want to see a World of Warcraft movie. What the hell? I want to see a Neverwinter Nights movie. <laughs> I want to see a Puzzle Quest movie. I think it's what is our three by three? Does it have anything to do with Neverwinter Nights, Puzzle Quest, or World of Warcraft? No, but it does have something to do with Stone, and it's your uh, three best moments in a prison cell. And I'm not talking about best uh, moments in prisons because that's too wide. I'm talking about an actual prison cell, moments inside a prison cell, and uh, and uh, yeah, that's it. Three best moments in a prison cell. Wait, really? Yes, really. <laughs> Mr. Can you leave the lights on so I don't have to sleep in the dark? <laughs> what was that? I'm to prove myself. That was uh, Green Mile, Tom. I was doing that. Oh, oh I have not seen that. Uh, all right, so three best scenes in a prison cell. Does a jail cell work? Jail cell's fine. Yeah, I'll, okay. I will allow that jail cell, and I will not allow you to game it as in, my heart is a prison. Or you've kept my soul in a dungeon. Like, not exactly. that. No. Would a dungeon... Does a cube count as a prison? Would a dungeon work? Would a uh, cubicle Prison or jail cell. All right. There you go. They used to call jails dungeons, just so you know. Also, Kate Winslet was in a gilded cage in Titanic, she said. Is that what do what you got to do. <laughs> no, right. I'm not talking about that. You know I'm not talking about that. Stop it. All right. She was rich. So not metaphorical prison cells. Pretty, uh, the liter- a literal prison or jail cell. All right. Uh, that's right. A literal huh. cell. So well, it could be like a spreadsheet. Certainly specific. I like that. Unlike certain three by threes, Kelly Kelly Wan. All right, you know what? Just for that, the next one, I'm going to make sure Tom hates it. When have you ever not done that? (laughs) Well, I didn't do it on purpose, but now I'm going to seek out ones. Okay. All right, here here come the Star Wars topics. Your three favorite scenes with Sam people. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, so next week, let's see the non-Kristov Kirslovsky movie, Red. Which hey, I've... I had a fun idea. Okay. Quick. How about we do a big double episode next week, and we see Social Network and Red, and we do like a power, like two movies in one podcast? Uh, no. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. What do... I just sprang that on you, I thought. We've uh, never done two movies, and so maybe that'd be fun. We yeah, have not. Uh, well, I, I, we picked Red. Let's stick with that. Uh, no, that's no. Red. no, I really want to see Red. I'm not trying to diss Red. The thing is, you are allowed to see Social Network, by the way, even if we don't aren't covering it on the podcast. I just get the sense people want to hear us jibber about it. But maybe I'm totally wrong on that. Because right, well, I know I don't about what I, what I say. <laughs> Uh, well, next week, let's do Red, because we agreed on that, and then we'll see about maybe fitting social network in it at some point. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I know we all want to see it. So so uh, join us next week, not for social network, but for Red, and not the Krzysztof Kierzlowski one, the one with Helen Mirren, that I think it comes from a comic book, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. Uh, oh, sorry. Spoiler. Uh, and we'll be doing our three-by-three three of uh, best scenes in a jail or prison cell. So uh, I am Tom Chick. Thank you for joining us. I have been joined by Christian Mirslavsky. Mir- Mir- Any relation to that that guy that did Red, White, and Blue? Dingus. Yeah, his name was Morosky, and and Christian Morosky did the Decalogue. 
Ah, very good. And uh, and also uh, Kelly Wand. I did the Dickalogue. junk mail and appropriate parole board decorum, visit your local internets or speak with a licensed representative. Operators are standing by.